Hi, this is Mario Andretti. Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Bobby Eaton. Craig Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1 podcast. Driven. Driven. Driven, driven by fans. For fans. Welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. And alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we do have Coops. Hi, Coops. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> I'll get there. You had a busy week? Mm, no, because I'm off till next Friday. Oh, should we say why you're off? You're off because it's your birthday on Friday. You're going to be 73 no. years old. Happy birthday. Happy 73rd birthday. Friday. And no, it's Thursday. Thursday, sorry. Yes, it's it's mini me on Friday, and then I think it's Maya's birthday on the, the, the Saturday. So yeah, the end of April is a very good month. So yes, I it's my birthday, and potentially get myself some new Formula One merch. Whoop whoop. Maybe some whisk. Hmm? Who are you hoping for this year? I don't care. It's Formula <laughs> One. I found I, I found out recently that the uh, I get because I work in social care, I get a blue light card which gives me discount in the high street shops, I can get 20% off at Castor. Uh, and they do they do Red Bull and they do McLaren. So mm. I could get myself some favours with the boy because he's he's a Red Bull fan. So Max Verstappen particularly. So I potentially could get myself a wee Red Bull top because I quite I just like merch. I'd get them all. Let's move on to the next panellist. We've got... Well, in the corner, opposite me, diagonally, is Manon and Maya. Now, these are a duo that recently joined the channel, Everything F1. So, hi, Manon and Maya. How are you? Hello. Hello. And and have you had a busy week, ladies? Yeah, pretty busy at work. But it's a long weekend, so it's fine. Yeah. And it's your birthday. And it will be your birthday as well. And you're having it at the F1 Arcade, which is a, a great place to have a birthday. Very Formula One oriented. I'm just forcing my friends into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forcing them to be in F1 locations, forcing them. I forced one of my friends to like do the sim driving. She has epilepsy, so we hope she's gonna <laughs> be on fit alert. <laughs> wow, she, she's usually up for everything. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers it's for crossed. my amusement. So Catch up on the next week's podcast. How about you, Manon? Have you been up to anything this week? Uh, yeah, we just we went to. The seaside this weekend that was quite nice. Did we we had a fun thing happen to us? We visited a, a castle in Norfolk, and in the middle of the library there was a, a picture of the Red Bull mechanic from this year. I and saw it, you it, made you popped a video on your Instagram about yeah. that. So was there a reason behind? Did you find out the reason behind it? No, so, we asked them. Yeah, even the mechanics have no idea. That. I but I researched it, and apparently the Earl of Arundel, who is the son of the Duke of Norfolk, is actually a racing driver. He went to, a, you know, like a feeder series of some sort. He didn't go as high as we would know, but I was like, oh, fun fact. Maybe so, he's got connections then with Red Bull somehow, yeah, in some way, shape or form. I think if you're an Earl, you can go to any garage on F1. I mean, if the Earl can't make it into F1, it means Lenstrol. <laughs> yeah, proves, proves his worthiness. We've also got alongside us Emma. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good to be back. Good. And what have you been up to recently that's kept you busy? 
just working different jobs at the moment so very stressful and I've just moved house so that on top of that so busy 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 well it's good to good to have you back on the pod and getting your views for the race weekend in Baku first of all then we are everything f1 you can find us on all our social platforms we're on facebook twitter instagram youtube and tiktok you can also find us on our website www.everythingf1.com and we would love it if you were to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service to get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. We are also sponsored by theraceworks.com, who offer merchandise for all the teams across the grid. And you can get yourself a 10% discount by using the code EF1 at checkout. OK, let's go into the race preview then for Baku, Azerbaijan. Who looks forward to this race each year? Let's go to Coops. Are you a big fan of this race? Yes. Why? Because it's just it's quite unique. It's 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 Monaco, but with actually passing and something happening. It's given us a qu- quite a few good races, actually, hasn't it? There's always something going on. You know, even when one year the race wasn't that good, that was the year where I think the 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 drain cover smashed George Russell's Williams, and then the car hit. The, the crane hit the overhead sponsor and it spilled oil over the car and there's always something going on. <laughs> uh, so if so, it's not on the track, it's off track as well. There's, there's stuff going on to keep entertaining. Yes, and this this, uh, this enforced spring break has been going on for too long. So, yeah, I um, think uh, even if we had a really boring race, I think everyone would still be care. happy that Formula One was back on the uh, on the telly. But um, then I think there's something insane. Like There's not like six or seven races in like eight weeks or something stupid. It's oh, yeah, something it's... really weird. It's like a dub. It's five races in six in six weeks. That's just insane. It's uh, going to be fun. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's one word. It's uh, going to keep us busy, that's for sure. Yes. Okay, Man and Maya, Baku, Azerbaijan. Are you? Do you like this race? Let's go to Maya first. What, what's your opinion on, on the race in Azerbaijan? I think ultimately we all want chaos, so... Like, <laughs> I think we can guarantee there'll be something. Mm. So I think, yeah, especially after a break, having, knowing that something exciting will happen. And I think especially with the new format, um, I think some of the bigger teams might not care as much about, I mean, I will care, but they might not care as much about like the sprint and having like both qualifying so they don't want to mess up their cars. So yeah. it might be, you know, it might bring some more, in, slightly more interesting battles or so I think it will be one of interesting. I think it will be interesting. It's good that you've brought up, obviously, the new format because that's going to be probably quite a large portion of this podcast. Manon, what are your thoughts on this new sprint race weekend format? I'm really excited about it. First of all, I love sprint weekends. I know it. I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or not. Amongst the driver, it's not even like you know they they can't agree on it. Mm. But I I think it's exciting because you know it's more racing for us to watch. I mean, it's like Friday is qualifying, so it's sooner inside the Clackman. I, I think it's good to have the sprint not affecting the, the Grand Prix order. I yeah. don't know, because technically they're going to have a, a, two qualifying sessions back to back. I mean, one practice session, it's going to be like more chaos. It's going to be chaotic for them to adapt. I'm I'm actually surprised that they, they left it so late to announce the change because the teams have like no time to adjust. Like the strategies, well, what are they going to do? So that's also... That's going to be. I'm glad to witness the first race using that format. It's quite exciting. But yeah, I I really like that that circuit. It's beautiful. It's quite like tricky and fun in a way. Monaco, not in a way. Mm. And and I like that the from the race. It's not like Monaco slash American race where so much happens up track. That's where yeah, like Baku is is an exciting race because of this. 
Absolutely, yeah. Well, let's talk about the sprint format. Let's confirm the sprint format for our fans listening. We're going to have a free practice, obviously, on the Friday morning, as per usual. And then that is the, the only practice session of the weekend. In the afternoon of the Friday, you're going to have a qualifying session as per usual in terms of the, the same format as per usual. Quali, two, quali 1, 2 and 3 deciding the race grid positions for Sunday's race. And then on Saturday, we're going to have another slightly shorter Hopefully, a little bit more interesting in terms of how they're 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 managing the the qualifying session. It's still going to be Q one, Q two, and the Q three, but they're shorter sessions. It's going to be twelve minutes, ten minutes, and eight minutes for Q one, two, and three. So it's almost going to be like a, a single lap shootout for Q three. Not quite. I think they could probably get two in, but will the tires be in that kind of prime window? There's the question mark over that. Um, but yeah, so that that should be interesting. So that's going to be the qualifying session early on on the Saturday, and then the sprint. It's a standalone day, a completely standalone day, the Saturday. So, again, I, I think it's going to throw up some mixed results, actually. I hope it's going to throw up some mixed results. Manon? You, yeah, you also haven't mentioned that there's mandatory tyre. Ah, yes, yeah. yeah mandated tyres for, for the qualifying session. So, yeah, Q1 and Q2 have got mediums, and Q3 has got the softs. That's quite good, I think. Well, I think it was kind of forced upon them, really, because they were probably stuck with the tires that they that were you know dished out months in advance you know when they assumed it was going to be a standard sprint race weekend so it's that's probably been dictated to some extent by what they already had kind of on the on the on the lorry from Pirelli sent out to to Azerbaijan months and months in advance and then obviously the race as per usual on the Sunday which is the main event Emma, what are your thoughts on the race weekend format? Do you think it's going to be exciting? Do you think it's going to dish out some different kind of ex- different results and throw up some interesting occurrences? Yeah, I do. I think it's good that we've got a bit of a change with it. I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, you said that maybe with the tyres, will they be able to get them warm enough? I think we'll see a difference in lap times for the sprint quality and the race quality, mm-hmm. especially since as well also if they have any problems with cars with it being a shorter session like if you have one problem with your car and you don't have can't get it fixed fast enough to get back on track like completely ruined yeah exactly so yeah i think and i also i don't mind sprint weekends i think they're good and baku is my favorite track so this is a, a good weekend i think so yeah we'll see what happens but if there is any problems with your car you are stuck stuck yes. yeah what they have done is, is... They've agreed from the FIA and Formula One that they can have another engine now because of the the changes that they've implemented due to the new sprint race weekend format. So it's gone up from the standard three uh, engines to four for the whole season. That's probably going to help out Ferrari, is it not, Coops? Or you've got your hand up there? No, it won't help out Ferrari because the unit that failed on Leclerc's car isn't part of it. So it's the internal combustion engine turbocharger mtuk mtuh right okay they're all getting you're getting one extra which is starting immediately and it's nothing to do with the spring weekend it's to do with the 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 amount of races and to limit the amount of penalties that drivers would end up taking near the end of the season but it's it's got to be that's been dictated a little bit by the fact that they're adding more races via the, the you know the qualifying sessions being kind of full throttle and stuff like that i guess maybe maybe not I'm going by the official spiel. Mm. When I was writing the article for the the, call of the new sprint thing, I, I did see that. That was part of the Formula One's release and their thing. It's 
that talked about the increase in the, the elements and I did have a look around and the Formula One Commission are saying that it's to do with the amount of races over the course of the season. Mm. Uh, and they've also clarified the whole situation with the pit stops and what does it mean by working on the car. So now if the jack does touch the car, it does mean it's working on the car. So, right, okay. So, so Fernando Alonso wouldn't get away with it again. It's now been put in the rules. Now. There's an amendment. Yeah. And also, there was uh, what I noticed was the the penalty situation. So how the penalties will treat each session. So anything that, that's done incorrectly in free practice one will directly contribute to penalties in Q in the fir- in the first qualifying session on the sat on the Friday. God, it's confusing. On the on the Friday, the qualifying session on the Friday. And then anything that happens in that qualifying session on the Friday will affect the penalties will be applied to the race itself. Yes. Then the standalone qualifying on the Saturday will affect the sprint race and any penalties incurred during the sprint itself will affect Sunday's race. Now, whew, that's going to be confusing to watch because some some Friday shenanigans are going to affect the race and some Saturday shenanigans are going to affect the race. But it could, again, it could mix things up again. So maybe it'll be interesting. I think we, as a podcast, have well, we, we mentioned that we wanted two qualifying sessions for a sprint race weekend and we're getting what we wanted. So we can't complain too much or at least I can't complain too much. Coops? I think we were all just wanting rid of FP2. Because it was pointless. Yeah. yeah the FP1 qualifying, FP2 sprint race race, it just was really disjointed. Like, mm. So this works smoother and it gets rid of the whole... I don't know, for me, whether a driver still going, is going to go as full throttle. Formula One put out their statement to say that because sprint is their round fence, that uh, they're going to go more, they're going to attack more during the, during the sprint race. Mm. Well, not allowed to call it a race, but you know what I mean. It's a race. I know. But, you know, are they, though? I mean, because if they bin it in the wall and actually destroy the car, are, are the team going to get it fixed in time for the Grand Prix the next day? I don't know. You know, there's still going to be an element of watching what they're doing, especially through some of the twistier sections of Baku. Man and Maya, which one of you was the one that put the hand up? Was it Maya? It was me. I could have just physically put my hand up. <laughs> it's fine. I, I, I know it was one of you. <laughs> I think what's what's going to be interesting is like how the teams like change how they're setting up. I feel like because it's been such a big break between races, they might have been like thinking of like taking some risks or trying things out for the practice sessions, but they don't really have time to do that now. Mm. So I think like obviously it's it's I, I'm happy because it's going to be more. But I think if I was an engineer right now, I'd be pretty. Like you've got, like you suddenly haven't got all this time to try out new setups, especially for teams like Mercedes, who are apparently getting they have mm. to, they have one free practice and then they have to be thrown into a quali, which I think for a team sprints are going to be important. So mm. it's going to be a yeah. I'm really interested to see what happens, like and what they would have done and what. They- yeah, it's it certainly is going to be interesting. I, I know the drivers were actually a lot of the younger drivers were saying that they prefer to get rid of the the, the second practice session, so they think they they practice too much anyway. I saw a couple of them say that. Coops, you've got your hand up. Uh, but another thing that will be good for the weekend is quite a few teams are bringing substantial upgrades to Baku. Mm. McLaren are practically a B spec car. Alpine are bringing out a new floor. As Maya said there, uh, Mercedes, I think, are bringing some stuff out. Maybe not as much as, like, Imola. I think Imola's been kind of where they're going to focus their main stuff. But there'll be, mm. you know, there'll be a few new bits tacked onto a few cars, I would imagine. And it'll still mean a Ferrari will blow up. It doesn't so, make much difference to them. So do you don't, you don't think that Mercedes are going to turn up with the side pod in no. 
Baku. Have you seen the, the image that they shared to social media yeah. week? I think it was in a in an air hangar somewhere in Britain with a car that that had side pods. That's the launch car that had mm. five minutes of driving at the Bahrain or was a Bahrain test two years ago or something. Mm. I mean, and it's not like a F one team have ever lied in their social media posts. <laughs> uh, That's true. Uh, no, I, I don't even think that even with their concept that they're necessarily going to have side pods. I'm not sure it's necessarily going to be like they're going to turn out and look the double of Red Bull, which would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching the internet implode, especially the Red Bull fans. Look, look! They copied. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, if they're going to change their concept as much as they can change their concept, most of it's going to be from under the floor from areas that we're not going to be able to properly see. Mm. Uh, I think it's more going to be kind of floor and, you know, aerodynamics and how they get that kind of flow under the car. Okay, well, let's talk about who we think is going to do well. Now, we'll go over to Manon and Maya, because let's be honest, it's probably going to be Red Bull. And as Manon and Maya are unbiased Red Bull fans. (laughs) We are are reasonable. Like, of course, they're going to do well. Yeah. But like, I really want to. I just don't want Charles Leclerc to leave. Leave back. I'd really like him finish finish either the sprint or the Grand Prix. No, he doesn't have to do both. Just one other. <laughs> you don't want to give him too much. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I think Red Bull are going to do well, and I'll be happy when they do. But but mm. I'm also I really want to see the other teams like mm. catch up. It's yes. going to be boring if it's like this all year. We can't, like, I've seen loads of posts that are like, well, if both the Rebels DNF, then Fernando Alonso will be winning championship. It's like, no, we don't want two cars to have to DNF for something interesting. Like, mm. the midfield needs to, like, I'm excited to see what happens. It's like, excited to see what Alpine can do. Do you think, mm. like, Max and Checo are taking turns to, like, bin their quality session, bring the excitement to the race? Because Bahrain was so boring. Mm. But no, I'm really excited to see what Aston Martin and Mercedes do in sort of the upgrades and just progress, really, because they were on a nice track. And part of me wants Red Bull to have like the disadvantage, like with like the wind tunnel time, just because then it brings that there's a bit of suspense, like are Red Bull going to cut up or mm. are they going to like dominate the whole? So I, as much of a Red Bull fan as I am, I want to see Max have to fight for it because yeah. like he's such a good driver. I want him to, to overtake. I want him to do... I want it not to be easy for him because mm. he doesn't need to. And to see what the car can act like. No, they, they, there are rumours that they haven't even let, you know, turned the engine up to the full <laughs> spec. And, you know, he's yeah. they're just kind of coasting to the victory so far. Emma, what are you looking forward to in terms of who do you think will perform well this weekend? Obviously, we know the Red Bull is going to be maybe pretty dominant, but... In terms of, are they, are they going to compete with each other? Is, is is Max going to be better than Perez? Is is Perez going to take it to Max and take him off or beat him around the first first corner and you know sail off into the sunset? Well, I think Checo historically has you know really good history with street tracks. So I think if it's going to be Red Bull, I'm thinking it's going to be Checo. Baku has a nice little pattern where they've never had a repeat winner. So Max won last year, and then it was Checo, and then it's always been a Mercedes or a Red Bull winner. So if they wanted to carry on doing that, where it was a different winner every year, it would have to be George Russell if they wanted it to be Merck or Red Bull. So I'm hoping that the pattern keeps going and that we never have a repeat winner because that's what makes it such an interesting track. So Mm. I'm going to say I want George to do well. In reality, I think it's going to be Checo, but 
we'll see. Like you said, m- might have some updates. So we'll see if they make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mirror Manon's sentiment that, you know, we want close racing. We, we don't want to watch just Red Bull sailing to the sunset and then be interested in kind of the third place positions. So, yeah, I'd be happy with a Mercedes strong, strong performance. I'd be happy with if Aston Martin, you know, appear with a, an even better car now and bring some upgrades to, to put Fernando Alonso even closer to the Red Bulls. I love how we never, when we talk about Aston, we never mention Lance. It's always just straight to Fernando. <laughs> I just said why we just can't draw. In a 2017, that is for the so... In a Williams, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It had to be he, yeah. So, he, should, he should have got second, and he got picked on the line by Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, Valtteri, which is great of him because he's had enough. Of it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I really no, want Stroll. Like, I want him to win, but I'll settle. Yeah, we can really see his ability when we compare him to his teammate. Obviously, last year with the car being bad. Seb and him both struggled, but this year you can really see the difference. So if Lance wants to prove himself as an actual driver rather than just a, you know, his dad's, you know, little protege, then he needs to like really catch up with Fernando. Yeah, but I think I I personally still think against Fernando Alonso, he he is one of the best r- races that's ever been in Formula One, Fernando Alonso. He has just unfortunately been in pretty bad situations with the teams and just very unlucky. So comparing him to Fernando Alonso, who is one of the best, is going to be, is always going to be, you know, a step down, isn't he? I, I still think Lance deserves his seat in Formula One is what I'm saying legitimately, although he does have a dad that pays a lot of money to make sure he's there. I still think he probably, without funding, would have found a seat there Yeah, as I think, well, I think... in my opinion. Just because everyone sort of sends him hate because of him being like a Nepo baby, I think maybe he he would get a lot less hate if he was starting to get those podiums this year. Yeah, absolutely. And and he's got a car now that, that will hopefully do that. So if he can prove that and he can get podiums, then I can see him racing again next year for Aston Martin too. Coops, what do you reckon about the whole situation with the, the front row and, and who's going to catch up? Who could give a good performance, Aston Martin or Mercedes or even Alpine or somebody else? I think a team that are hoping to do better than McLaren. Right. I mean, ever since the car got launched, which I still amazes me. I've been watching Formula One now since 1992, 91, 92. And uh, I've never been in a car launch situation where they came out and went, yeah, the car's crap. Sorry. <laughs> you know, and that's literally what McLaren did. And you're just like, eh, what? Sorry now. And they just, they said from the get-go, it's Baku, but, you know, we're, we're, we're banking in kind of Baku and this is where our season will begin. So... My weekend, they'll be keeping an eye on the McLarens to see, is this something or is it just smoke and mirrors? Now, knowing our fault, knowing our luck, it'll bin it into the wall, one of them, and ruin the new parts of FP1, and we'll just never know if the car was back. <laughs> uh, but, you know, because that's the worry. You know, a lot of these new parts, it's usually they don't, they have very limited numbers when they have new parts. Mm. Uh, so if you hit the wrong curb and crack a floor, or you not you you damage your front wing in a curb or a wall or something, especially in Baku, that's the weekend done in terms of new parts and opportunities with regards to the upgrades. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that works, and then to add the sprint on top of it as well. So mm. yeah, I think for me it's McLaren that will be an Alpine, I think, as well. The other two that I'm interested to see more because I want to see if Alcon and Perez don't try and kill each other. Uh, <laughs> after what happened in Australia Emma? Just while we're on the subject of McLaren I thought I saw an interesting stat the other day which was that 
even though their car is just absolutely dog water, like it's nowhere near as good as some of the other cars. At the moment, I'm saying at the moment, Oscar is still the only rookie with points. So to see him actually like have the potential and like even though his car is crap and like the fact that if they do make improvements and he does score more points in back eight, that's really impressive on his part because he is mm. completely outscoring the other two. Yeah, so he's had a good start to the year, even given the poor performance. Martin Manon, you were going to say something then? I was just going to say that the other two rookies took each other out in Melbourne, so that didn't help. But yeah, it was it was like a weird race in Melbourne, so I don't really you know count the points as accurate. Points. I'm not saying Oscar didn't drive well, but ultimately only like 12 cars finished. So. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I've done even less research than the Pit Stop Boys because I haven't watched... I haven't watched the Melbourne GP. What? I know. It's the one that I haven't caught up on. So whatever you say, I I agree with. I'm sure you've probably done more research than mine. Just by not watching it. (laughs) By hearing the occasional fact. But also nobody, and I was complaining about that last week, when everybody focused on Carlos and Alonso, everybody focused on the Alpines taking each other out. Everyone forgot about Logan taking Nick Debris out at the Mm. last you know, lap. So it you didn't miss anything big. It's just no one has investigated it. Was it was it his fault or was it just the car? Oh no, so, it was not great. So I don't yeah, I don't know why because it wasn't investigated. You can see that Nick is sort of like slowing down and look and take him to space. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty yeah, pretty disastrous move on Logan's part there. So let's talk about teams specifically that we haven't spoken about yet. Who do you want to speak about? Let's go to Manon and Maya. Who who should we speak about that we haven't spoken about? Alpha Tauri, maybe? You're happy to, to take Alpha Tauri as a team to talk about? I think we should talk about Haas, right? Go on then. You, it, you, take, you take Haas away. I don't know. They've both like scored points in the races. Mm. They've been quite good in qualifying as well. They've yeah, been, there's like, been moments where I've been like, oh, you're there. And I mean, yeah. if, if Kevin hadn't like, you know, hit a wall in Melbourne. Like he was okay, and Nico was one of the last cars, like high in the points. Mm. Like, yeah, no, they they did they're doing okay. Like, I think mm. we sort of, like always consider that Haas is gonna have a good start of the season and then disappear. But you know, we're talking about two like experienced drivers, so yeah. I'm looking forward to see like where they fit in the middle of like the other. T- yeah, I mean, we'll talk about Alfa Romeo having quite a terrible. You know, yeah, especially with quite a few teams kind of down. Yeah. Right, yeah. Not to, to push into Yeah, and, and Nico Hulkerberg is kind of schooling Magnussen, I think, at the moment. He's really dominating, given the fact that Mag Magnuson's had an extra year in that car, you'd think that mm-hmm. it would be the other way around. Yeah, well, it's it's a bit like last year Kevin had an amazing start to the season as well. So I felt like maybe they just come back so hungry for it mm. that it's sort of like they, they have an amazing start, even as driver, and then Maybe they get used to the car, or maybe it's because the other cars progress better. Maybe Haas has a progression issue, and that's why those those veterans almost come back and they they improve themselves, but then they start struggling because the car ultimately has a lot of limits. Yeah, and hopefully that might be negated this year by the fact that that now Haas have got a bigger budget because they've got that that new title sponsor, so therefore they could develop. Hopefully, um... <laughs> I think we're gonna say the bridges the pit wall. <laughs> okay how about coops what do you think alpha tower's chances are this week one to nine 
They've got a terrible car, haven't they, this year? Oh, the car's awful. It's just not working well at all. Uh, you know, there's going to find the wall. He'll find the wall. So, yeah, you know, if they keep themselves out of baller at the starts, you know, they could grab themselves some points if there's a bit of shenanigans in and around them. But I fully expect them to be involved in the shenanigans. Right, uh, okay. I haven't actually seen anything about what upgrades they're bringing, if they are bringing any, to be honest. So, I think they're going to need a shed load of car. <laughs> so... Yeah, not looking to. I'm not. I'll, I'll be surprised if they even get out of Q3 in either of the two qualifying sessions. Okay, Emma, who else have we got to speak about? We've got to speak about Williams. Well, what about Ferrari? We just walked on like walked over <laughs> one of the most important teams. <laughs> that's true. We haven't spoken about Ferrari. What a what a disaster that is. Maybe that's kind of maybe that's because of how poor their season has gone as yes. one of the bigger the biggest teams of the year so far. Yeah. And I've been doing a lot of stat work, so I'm just going to throw out a load of uh, facts. But one of the main things that I thought was interesting here is that Ferrari have not led one lap in the first three races of this season. And last season, they had led 145 because last season they had a really good start. Yeah. But it's like the worst start of the season Ferrari's seen in years. I mean, it's awful for them. And to be honest, I don't think it's not even that their car is that bad. I mean, speed-wise... Like they can keep up, especially mm. with like Mercedes and stuff, but they just had really bad luck in terms of, you know, Charles DNFing and that type of thing. But reliability think, issues, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I do think with because obviously they've had some changes within the team, mm. whether when they do get those reliability issues sorted out with the car, whether there will be as bad as they were last year with their strategy, mm. especially since they've had some changes. So I think it'd be nice to see at least one of them do well and like I think it was Manon said that like it would be nice to see at least one of them finish the race even if it's the sprint especially Charles Leclerc yeah yeah as Formula One fans it's important that Ferrari do well at some point you know it's they're they're such a a massive mark for Formula One It, it just it's just a shame to see where they are and how they have been so low for so long unfortunately Coops yeah yeah, uh, I've been look when I've been doing some stuff online. I have noticed that apparently it is an open secret that Mercedes are having a chat with Leclerc to replace Hamilton at. I've Mercedes. said this. I've said this from the start. So, and also to add a wee bit more fuel, the contract negotiations between Toto Wolff and Hamilton have been put on hold over mm. the last week or so. You would think with a three-week break that they would get it all ironed out and sorted, and they put things on hold. Uh, so. You know, it's not, you know, the, the Lewis Hamilton fans aren't going to be happy with that, but it's not out of the realms of possibilities. It's not a way out there in a mirror universe. You know, Hamilton started talking a bit more about, you know, he wants to start a family, he wants to do other things in Formula One. Charles Leclerc, he must be getting frustrated at Ferrari because he believes he's got the, the chance to win a championship. He mm. believes he's got the talent. I don't think he does, but that's just me. Hot take. Uh, That's going to be eclipsed. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if he believes that and other people think that he does, then, you know, I, I can see him fitting into that. I mm. don't think it's the most exciting lineup when you've got Charles Leclerc and George Russell. I don't think they're going to be exactly, it's going to be slightly boring listening to some talk, but, you know, uh, <laughs> exciting personality. But, you know, <laughs> in terms of, on the ra- and the racing front, yeah, it could work. Emma, I know this is a bit of a controversial opinion as a Lewis fan, but is it is this the controversial five minutes of the podcast? We'll, it, let's yeah, just it let's just like make it, it the, the controversial five minutes. Go for it. Um, even though 
like obviously when he's your favorite driver you want to see him like race for years and years and years but him and Nando have both said that they don't want to do what like Kimmy and Seb did where they just fall out and then they you know they go right to the midfield like and then you sort of forget about them they back away slowly I would love for them to both end on a high it's still at least scoring points because you know even it was rare for like Kimmy to get a point in the in the Alfa Romeo like it was a hard season Mm. Uh, his last one and yeah I think he did after his last race I mean that's not what you want to watch when you're like F1 hero you don't want to watch them struggling in a bad car so like as a Lewis Hamilton fan I wouldn't mind if he retired in like a good team and then like called it a day he was still getting points and then someone new and young came in like Charles what about a straight swap Leclerc Hamilton swap for Ferrari and Mercedes I don't want him to go through that (laughs) <laughs> I don't want him to go through the pain of Ferrari. He should call it a day. He should just call it a day. You know, it might be a good fit because Hamilton's done everything. Why not spend a year at Ferrari see if he could? Could you imagine him winning his eighth championship in a Ferrari? Oh, I th- that would I be think delightful. That would cement his place as one of the best drivers. Well, he already is one of the best drivers ever to, now, to, to grace the I, group. I, I'm, not going to, I'm not a Lewis Hamilton fan, but he is generationally, if that's even a word, yeah. My tongue probably didn't even believe it was a word halfway through there. Uh, but he is statistically one of the best drivers ever to grace it. And regardless of what your opinion is on him, and whether you say X, Y, and Z or whatever, the team's cheated or whatever, like that, the biggest thing for him is he's able to adapt to every single type of Formula One he's driven in, which has meant he's stayed competitive. Mm. You know, that when he's not done very well last year, then when he's race, everyone went, oh, it has to be the car. You know, people that say that don't quite understand how Formula One works. <laughs> uh, you can go away and hug a tree for all I care. Uh, <laughs> let's so, Manon and Maya have got their hand up. Just going back a bit, but I don't think Lewis is going to, like, retire soon. But I don't think he would, he would necessarily want to, but I feel like it wouldn't be, like, a massive, massive shock if he leaves soon, I think, because he has so much other stuff and as he mentioned in an interview I can't remember what it was that he like maybe like five ten years ago he wouldn't have been able to cope with all of this nonsense but because he has so much other stuff going on and he's doing so much more of for like the most sport can like that then I feel like if he were to retire it'd be like oh yes he's busy and he's like doing other which is still great and you know like so if he does like I don't know if he would like move to Ferrari and just do is he going to win a championship at Ferrari <laughs> <laughs> no, unlikely, but it would just be nice to see him do it, I think, you know, but, you know, yeah. I mean, it is slightly unlikely, and more than likely it's going to sign a couple of years at Mercedes, or Mercedes with a few get-out mm-hmm. clauses in there and things like that, because he isn't going to sign four or five years, we all know this, and I think if he has a second year similar to last year, I don't think he'll stay on, I think he'll be like, do you know what, as Emma said, he isn't going to do that, let's drive around in 18th place just for the mm. sake of it. He's not going to do that. He just won't. Mm. Yeah, why would he? I'd do, I'd do it for 40 million a year. I, I'll be 20th every single race for 40 million he a year. He does not need any more money. <laughs> he does not need it. He's had 40 million a year for a long time. <laughs> uh, so, you know. Yeah, I think he has uh, something more going for him that he doesn't need to do into nothing. Yeah. See, see I don't rate his extracurricular activities at all i don't think he's a massive fashion minister I, you know i i don't 
like his clothes. I don't. What like are you his, wearing, Tiller? I don't like his singing voice. Yeah, I've got a hoodie on. I've got a hoodie on and a, and a Formula One T-shirt. That's all I got. Wasn't talking about his fashion. But but he's <laughs> he's singing as well. He does all those sorts of things, and I don't. It was me that. So like he. Okay, I don't rate a lot of this. Like he is a bit misguided, but he invests so much money in programs that are like not necessarily just for to get people into motorsport but he invests a lot of money into like teaching and like programs that like nobody knows he's doing because they're not in education Mm. but he does a lot gives a lot of money to that and a lot of the programs that he does are amazing but a lot of them are a bit like kind of all over the place like it's obvious that the investor doesn't really necessarily know what they're doing Mm. and I think that he could you know, he probably knows that and he probably knows that, oh, if he had a bit more time, he could. So like, I feel like if I don't necessarily trust that he would actually spend a lot of time improving with that, because I think he likes being a rich man lifestyle, whereas, whereas you can't do that and be like super charitable and like, you mm. know, like, but I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's alluded to the fact that he would like to spend more time doing that. So, I mean, that would be like, mm. everyone would love that. <laughs> See, I, th- I, th- I think I rate him as a driver. I don't rate him off the track in terms of, uh, you know, his personality. He's not my favourite, but I think he's an absolutely fantastic driver. Yeah. And I, and I think he's known as a Formula One driver. And I think he will stay in the li- in the limelight if he remains as a Formula One driver. And I think that's where I see him for at least another two, maybe even three years. Personally, Emma, you've got your hand up. Yeah, sorry, just carrying on this conversation. That's fine. Do we think that Formula One will lose a big part of their like activism, especially with Seb having retired and now say Lewis does retire in a couple of years' time? Mm. This isn't slander to any of the other drivers, but obviously out of all of the drivers, it does tend to be Lewis and Seb who talk about a lot of issues outside of racing. Yeah. Do you think anyone would be sort of replace him in that way or would, there's nothing wrong with just concentrating on the driving and like Max has always said he just wants to concentrate on the driving but it is nice that there is some things going on in the background in terms of like activism and like especially a lot of the stuff that Seb did with like the bees and stuff like that I do think I do think they should be raising awareness with the platforms that they have so I think it would be a loss in that way as well as you know seeing him on the track yeah I, I'm all for a bit of activism I know they've the FIA and the and Formula One have said they're putting a clamp down on that anyway. You have to get everything, you know, okayed weeks before the events to make sure that you're not stepping on certain people's toes. Say if you go to the Middle East and saying certain things about their political stances and whatnot. So they've clamped down on that anyway. Who could I see taking up that mantle? You're probably right. I can't see anyone else doing it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think because of everything the FIA and F1 have said, they would be taking a, like, you're taking a risk saying anything. Mm. And Lewis can kind of get away with that because it affects him, so he cares about it. And because he's Lewis Hamilton. And, like, there's not a lot of people on the grid who can do that. And yeah, he's got seven world championships. The Formula One will want to keep him in the sport for as long as possible, so we'll probably pander to him a little bit. And mm-hmm. there'll be a, some fa- fandoms listening and going, they shouldn't pander to him, you know, it's mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But yeah, I can't see anyone else with that same power. Um, no. Coops? I think it's going to work, like, because of how the FIA have been. It's like it went, it's like it got better, and now it's like, oh, no, actually, we can't have it. I think Formula One... There's a level of hypocrisy when it comes to Formula One, when it comes to activism, because one minute they're like, we race is one, but oh, you can't talk unless we say you can talk, <laughs> while they take all these millions from the Saudis and everything else. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
there, uh, so when it comes to that sort of thing, it's it kind of angers me. In terms of a driver taking up the mantle to be activist, that's their choice. Mm. Like, you know, if they want to use the platform for it, fine. But they're not a person being an activist because they have to be isn't going to work. It's like that protester in the snooker. He was a paid protester. You know, put a t-shirt on and put some chalk on the on the snooker table. What do you do? Like, but it wasn't his cause. Like, because you know, they have to be. They have, Lewis Hamilton speaks because it's something that he believes in and he stands for. Mm. And if we've got a couple of years or a few years, we get a couple, we've got a group of drivers who aren't really that way inclined. They're not political. I've got friends who you you mentioned politics or anything in that sort of vein. They switch off. That's just not the thing. That's mm. not a problem. Uh, we will eventually get someone who does want to do that. But the problem you have is Formula One owns still an environment where you're not really allowed to do it. So people just won't bother. And then that just becomes the norm. And then they don't use their the ability and their stance because you know the norm is not to and it's just too much of a hassle to go and speak to them and get approval I think you know it's like Liz Hamilton has to get approval six weeks in advance to put a pride flag on his helmet I mean for fuck's Formula One give it a rest really a pride flag of all things Mm. so yeah there's a level of hypocrisy from it which really does annoy me Manon Maya yeah sorry yeah, I agree with you. I think, like, essentially, like, they're all kind of hypocrites, right? Like, even Lewis is a hypocrite. That's why, that's one one of the reasons that Lewis about who like, I'll, like, yeah, I'll, like, participate in these amazing events for, like, getting kids into motorsport that he's funded. And then he'll, like, go to dinner with billionaires that are incredibly problematic and boast about it. And it's like, what? Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you actually believe in? And I think it's really difficult because... It, it doesn't mean it like it kind of shows that he's like or he, he doesn't really seem to do anything that will actually negatively affect him because he knows he's doing both of those things and mm. also I feel like with like the hypocrisy with like F1 in general why are they doing that why are they like trying to put on a front that they like with the wee racism like do they think that fans want that and so if they stop doing that is that going to be a problem is that a genuine issue because I mean we care but do actually most F1 I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Emma I think a question as well would be like if there was no one on the grid like raising these topics and stuff would anything ever be changed like I know at the moment a lot of people are complaining about the race schedule and how they're flying to different countries that aren't close to each other and they could do it in a better way that's you know better for the environment and if no one especially the drivers and the talent don't say anything will there ever be changes with any of it? Mm. Have there been changes with the the protests and stuff that have gone on already? You know, has it affected anything? Are we still in the same situation that we were? Just had somebody screaming about it and then nothing nothing happened because of it. You know, that's... Oops, you put your hand up. I'm trying to to remember what my point was. No, it's gone. Don't matter. Okay, well, let's talk about the Baku race. Let's get back on track then and make our predictions for the race weekend because I feel like we have gone on quite a big kind of... And I think it's an important diversion, but we went on a bit of a diversion there. Baku race is this weekend. We're going to have some predictions from each of us. So we've got a prediction for the pole sitter for the actual race on Sunday. So who 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 basically gets the fastest lap in qualifying on Friday? We want a sprint winner, and then I want the top three for the race. Does that make sense? So the actual qualifying for the race, I want you to pick the pole sitter. I want you to pick a sprint 
winner and you can mention who you think might win the sprint qualifying if you want to but i won't hold you to that and a race day one two three it's quite it's quite confusing isn't it with all these different things we've got to predict now so i'll go to i'll put coops on the spot first as our right. old hand and kind of used to this sort of thing can you do those predictions that i've asked well okay so the sprint winner because that's the one i remember will be fernando alonso oh because i want to have a bit of fun i think verstappen will take the one on the race day and what was the other one she asked me for so i want a top three for race and i want to quality who's going to qualify on pole on the on the actual qualifying on friday so the grand prix qualifying pole will be perez with verstappen second uh the top three will be verstappen uh russell alonso oh okay emma because you've done this before so friday qualifying who's going to qualify on pole for the race who's Okay, Max is going to qualify on pole on the Friday. Who is going to win the sprint day event? Max. Max. And who's going to win the race? And who's going to come second and third too? You're never going to guess what's coming, but I think that Max is going to win the race. Okay. And then Checo and then Fernando. I'm going to go over to the the ladies in the corner, Manon and Maya. Who wants to who wants to start the quali- predictions? Road predictions. Mm. Go for it. So obviously Max is good, but I feel like well, you know, I feel like I feel like especially Max is going to hold back a bit during the sprint race and not try so that it doesn't smell his car. And I would I wouldn't George too well, so I'm going to have George winning the sprint race. Why not? Wow. The okay. are bought some insane upgrades that they've been hiding and going to absolutely smash. And then I think yeah, the race is going to be then maybe let's do Alonso. Then. Alonso in second. Then Checo. Then Checo. Okay. Well, my predictions are. I'm going to say... Oh, I don't speak for her. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, sorry. I've got, I, forgot, I forgot there's two of you in that corner. Manon, sorry. <laughs> Look, what are your uh, predictions? I think Max is going to get pulled on Friday, but then on Saturday, Checo's pulled. Checo's going to win the sprint because Max was too busy keeping his car like nice and... Then on the race, Max is going to be like, king of the street? I think not. Win the race. And on the podium, I have Max, George, and Lance Stroll. <laughs> exactly what you said earlier okay that's fine yeah that's science, science it would be an interesting occurrence if that was to happen <laughs> i'm gonna say it will be a sergio perez pole on the friday obviously fastest lap in qualifying i think the sprint event will be won by lewis hamilton because he's good in this he has been good in sprints of his you know in the past and then i think on the race day it will probably go down the kind of normal route of red bull taking each other out smash bang wallop obviously not a normal route and i'm going to say aston martin will get that win with alonso then i think lewis will be second and i think george will be third just because i want it to be entertaining and i think we all said we wanted ferraris to do well (laughs) we did not they they could be fourth and fifth that that, would be consistently good Good, good score. Yeah, they, they should do well in the sprint because there's no pit stop, there's no pit so there's no way for uh, the team to stop their race. And we'll just oh, there is time. <laughs> there is time for the car to stop working. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's <laughs> only... Or for them to be like, change this setup, and then the car just stops. It's 17 laps, so I'm going to put Charles in the three of the sprint. I don't know where, and you will be on. You'll get a, me- a medal. Yeah, it's not a podium, is it? It's just like a, a medal, a medal ceremony, mm-hmm. like at the Olympics. Is it still top eight? Yes. Yes. Cool. Coops, you've got your hand raised. Did you want to add something to your predictions? 
No, I wanted to say that, funnily enough, this season for the start of this season for Ferrari, it's actually the strategy team that have been working well in, this, in the first three races. It's everything else that's failed this thing, mm. which I just thought was quite funny compared to what happened last season. So let's hope they tie it all together properly and, and get a good performance this weekend. <sighs> well, those are our predictions for the race this weekend in Baku. We've got the vital statistics on the notes. Hold on two seconds and I'll read those out. Sorry, this will all get, all the dead air will get edited out. Don't worry about that. Podcast notes. <clears throat> so the race is obviously in Azerbaijan at Baku, in, in Baku. Uh, the length of the track is 6.003 kilometres with 51 laps in total, making the total race distance of 306.049 kilometres. The current lap record is actually held by Charles Leclerc, who did it in 1 minute 43.009 seconds, and he did that back in 2019. We've actually been racing here since 2016, so not loads, not for a long, long time, but from what we have seen, it's been very entertaining. Raised hand coops? Not officially. 2017 was the first Azerbaijan Grand Prix. As Manon said before we recorded, because 2016 was the European Grand Prix. I was going to say that too. Yeah, <laughs> true, true, true. But I'm just reading—I'm reading off the notes that you made, Coop. So you—you're—you're you're the person that, that fed me the, the false information. I've got another interesting stat for you. Go on, then, stat man, stat, stat, <laughs> stat lady. The driver with the most podiums at Baku is Checo. Ah, let's see if we can continue that this year in 2023. Yep. Right, I think that is pretty much all we need to chat about, really. It's my bedtime. Well, I say bedtime. It's my editing time, then bedtime. So we thank you very much for tuning in to listen to the podcast live. If you're watching on Facebook, thank you very much. If you're listening to us on your favourite podcast streaming service, we really appreciate you do listen to to the show. We hope you enjoy it. We would love it if you deliver a five-star review. We would give you a, a name call out on one of our future episodes if you do that. We're Everything F1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, you are listening to us on this podcast. We'd love it to hit, if you to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service to make sure you do get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. I've been James Tiller. We'll be back on Sunday evening to give a race review of the Baku Grand Prix. And of course, next Tuesday as well to summarise the news and the fallout from the Grand Prix. Thank you very much to my team, Emma, Manon, Maya and Coops. Thank you very much, ladies and gents. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. We'll see you next week. Bye.